down with math. <laughs> Get to math. So what do we think about? <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking, not talking about, about these books, the books anymore, at all. okay? We're making We're talking about our anti-mathness collaborative. You only poem. have to get through three more chapters and an epilogue. You only have to get through three more chapters and an epilogue, <laughs> and then you can take a break. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 4054, Golden Fool. <laughs> Chapters 25 through epilogue. Blah, 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 re-reader. This is Eli, a re-reader. <laughs> yeah, you, this is why I can't lead the group. You should let, you should let Eli lead it. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's, that's what we're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Joey. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jon Snow, and I know nothing. Uh, I'm Eli, a rereader. <laughs> and I'm Ashley, the only new reader. <laughs> Joey's technically a new reader. No, Alyssa introed him, and he can't read. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read. All right, well, that will help everyone understand our voices. Wow. All right, first what a, uh, just corrections, omissions. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's only the last episode of Golden Fool. If they've gotten this far, they know yeah. us. First up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. Two things. Heads up, one of our listeners is a mail carrier, and they gave us five stars recently. To So shout out to Nana Kalki, who is doing the good work, and who likes our terrible jokes, and who listens to us while carrying the mail. Oh, man. Love a person in the uniform. love that intro. Yeah. Um, and then also, we recently got a message on Instagram that I would like to read to you. So this is from um, a user whose username is Izzy and Trev. So I don't know if they're Izzy or Trev or neither. They're both. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> it says, I found your podcast back in August 2019 when I joined my new company. I traveled a lot between then and January 2020, and your podcast kept me company at airport lines, lounges, window shopping at Duty Free, lonely hotel rooms, drowning out the annoying colleague who won't stop talking about being (laughs) jet lagged. So thank you so much for making a podcast about my favorite series. Um, Here's some stats on where I've traveled with you guys. Uh, Over 74,000 miles. Whoa. Wow. So. Mile high. That is a lot of traveling. What is That's the? I also the wanted to Earth. do a shout out to thank British Paul for introducing us. <laughs> Go British Paul! Wow. Thank you, British Paul. That's a lot it's of connections. Been Holy shit! Yeah, that was huh. a really cool message. British Paul, the best kind of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, also, it's a little bit of housekeeping. This is the last episode of Golden Fool. 
so that means next up is Fool's Fate. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, we're going to take a little break. And this is where I ask you guys how long our break is. <laughs> Two weeks? <laughs> Two weeks? Two weeks sounds we, great. We used to do in the beginning. We did two weeks between every book, and then we got ambitious, and now we're feeling less oh, ambitious. Healthy. Well, it's because there was a pandemic, and it was like, well, I guess we'll just keep going. Right. <laughs> well, considering my arm issues, I think that would be really nice if I could take two I w- weeks. I would Can we stop the pandemic? Break. Can we stop the pandemic right, cool. by resuming normal break time? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It was up to us all along. Jeez, that's what the <laughs> oh, was trying to tell no. us. Uh. Sure, there's a riddle in there somewhere. All right. So we're going to take two weeks off uh, before we start Fool's Fate. And I think that, one, it will be emotionally uh, good for us to take that break, considering that Fool's Fate is very full. Uh, And also, you know, we just need a break. (laughs) So. (laughs) I think that's fair. As As I joked to Alyssa, I make everything a job. Everything I like turns into a job. So. Mm -hmm. Gotta quit that. Stop doing right. that. Do what you love and start hating it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Fitz's slogan. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Fitz, let's start with chapter 25, which I have. It's called Convocation. The introduction is a little bit familiar. It goes, a bear there was, a bear, a bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. The bear, the bear, oh, I'm a maid and I'm pure and fair. I'll never dance with a hairy bear. A bear, a bear, I'll never dance with a hairy bear. But she did, ladies and gentlemen. She did. <laughs> Wasn't she it more than, than dancing? Dance. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> nasty dance. Don't touch that bear. I appreciate your joke. That's a nasty, <laughs> nasty dance, So Fitz, as a Queen's guard, wakes up one morning and assembles for a diplomatic mission. If this is a consular ship, then where is the ambassador? And we learn that Ketty feels like queening solo this time and has decided she's going on the mission. Shade is really mad about it, but since Fitz is standing in the back, he can't actually hear what's being said, so we're going on the vein sticking out of Shade's head only. <laughs> Queen Ketty doodles and surprise character return Laurel sporting a new quarantine haircut, and the guardsmen <laughs> mount up and head into the woods. Fitz is kind of just going with it. So is everyone else. Eventually, they're met in the woods by a contingent of witted old blood. They say, old blood greets you, and also with you. Unnervingly, (laughs) the agreed-upon code word is Fitz chivalry, uh, but I bet Fitz secretly likes that. Queen Ketty isn't done solo queening. See, she has a plan. Shade has counseled her against this, but the old blood have asked for a valuable hostage to show that the queen is serious about these negotiations. She decides to give them Prince Dutiful. This causes a minor kerfuffle, including some skilling between Dutiful and Fitz, but Dutiful is proud to serve as sacrifice and willingly goes off with the old blood with no one but Laurel as a guard. In exchange, the old blood give them a bunch of witted cow people and a guy named Webb that Fitz thinks looks good for his age. He's handsome. He's got a rolling gate. He's affable. He commands respect. Oh, gosh. Fitz keeps up a running convo with Dutiful once he's left behind, so we're not too concerned by this exchange. But the Queen's head guardsman, Marshcroft, is basically rending his garments. I mean, the entire time. It's like, oh my god, man, get a hold of yourself. 
<laughs> so the cow and the dog and the bird and their COVID-ready brethren make their way back to Buckheap Castle with Fitz and the Queen and the sobbing Marshcroft, the guy is just coming apart. And Shade is indeed pissed. It's raining on the way back, and Webb is using his steely handsomeness to his best advantage by peppering Fitz with endless questions that he tries to avoid. They arrive in camp, and they have to take care of the cow. Why? I don't know. So before Fitz can shake Webb and scurry off into the walls of Buckkeep to find Shade to gripe about the goings-on, he finds a note that says, Queen's Chambers. So it's off through the toilet to find Mom and Dad screaming at each other about who gets to make decisions and who is Queen and who is just the advisor and who's getting it twisted. Fitz refuses to take sides but demonstrates his telephone trick with Dutiful to calm Shade down. Ketrickin has some tood in this section. She tells Shade exactly where to shove it. Then choose to look merely surprised like the rest, she snaps. <laughs> Before Fitz is sent to his post in the wall to observe the upcoming meetings, Dutiful tells him that he's camping rough and the old blood leader is called Flaria, which is definitely fake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fitz and Gilly take a pillow and a glass of wine to the lookout and watch Webb talk about himself a lot and not much else. The negotiations <laughs> with the old blood are hampered by concerns about secret identities and distrust. Two of the old blood, Boyo and Silver Eye, seem too preoccupied with justice for Fitz's taste, and even Webb gets bored. Shade tells Fitz via telephone that nothing will come of these three days of hostage negotiation. The prince, meanwhile, is listening to forest minstrels with Laurel. That night, Fitz goes looking for gossip in the guards' room and encounters Webb nosing around the castle. They both go to the guards' room, where Webb somehow gets Blade to start talking about the night Shrewd died and the berserker Fitz rampage. And Fitz pretends <laughs> not to be incredibly pleased at all the nice things that Blade is saying about him while smiling into his beer. <laughs> During the discussion, Webb tries to explain what being witted is to the guards, who basically think it's like being a were-creature. And he's like, hey, you want to meet my bird? And one guy says, for what's a birdie gonna do to you? Shit upon you, preps. And I think this must what? be Clef's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Irish? <laughs> Fitz is like, wow, telling a nice story about how I died in service of the king via murdering the last skilled people in the castle sure is good diplomacy. And then the chapter ends. <laughs> I'm glad we got a little taste of Clef in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> for what's a birdie gonna do to you shit upon you preps i don't like <laughs> shit upon is one word dear listener shit upon like a breed of dog a shit upon <laughs> i really like that gilly keeps bitsy company in the wall and he's addicted to raisins They're, his teeth are gonna mm -hmm. rot out of his mouth <laughs> Oh, yes, the sweetest treat, raisins. <laughs> <laughs> at least fit, at least Thick likes pink sugar cake. Yeah. Um, well, but he doesn't like to raisins. eat it. He uses it as a decorative, like, mantelpiece. Well, yeah. I think he eats them now. Maybe. Now that he knows he can now always get more. Now he's living, like, a lush, gluttonous lifestyle, so. <laughs> exactly. No more delayed gratification for Thick. I did enjoy... Ketrickin just being like, here's strategy, here's logic, deal with it. Shade. Yeah, he Bruh. needed to get told. I was, he's getting big for his britches. Yeah. He's like, I man. told you that you can't cooperate with these people. They're not to be cooperated with. And 
he just thinks that he can just deny that that the prince is witted but everyone knows he's witted so it's gonna come out (laughs) if they don't like do something shade is just like i want my status quo i want it to be this and ketchikan's like there's a world out there it's going to affect things Thank no. you for using the uh, the bear and the maiden fair in the intro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm always. I mean, that's what that all... story was, right? What? That's what that story kind of was a reference. Oh yeah, to, I absolutely. Feel like. I mean, oh. I yeah. When I was, re- I'm always like on the lookout for what's the funny thing I'm going to say in my intro or whatever <laughs> when, in my recap. And yeah, I was definitely going to allude to the bear and the maiden fair if I did this episode oh my god my book is too big for me okay yeah it says the real the real question the real quote is from the bear boy and the princess and it's about a princess um begging her father for um this bear this dancing bear so they buy it for her she takes it to her bedchamber, and in the depths of the night while all else in the keep slept the boy rose up and threw off his bear skin and when he showed himself to the princess she found him as comely a youth as she had ever seen and it was not so much that he had his way with her as that she had hers with him. Scandalous. <clears throat> so basically it's the same as... Dune, no, it's right. Dooney. Dooney from The Witcher. It's or very witchery, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and also I think that uh, Catherine draws one of the later latest uh, drawings that she put up is... You can see this, the dancing bear in one of the glass, like one of the windows oh. in the stained glass. The so detail that she puts glass. into those is just bananas. I know. Yeah. The backgrounds are always very impressive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a metatextual commentary, like shout out to, to Game of Thrones for sure. Entirely ha- possible. Yeah, having about those very similar. There's a guy with a seagull named web mm-hmm. it's not a seagull it's a oh, seabird get it right seabird seabird it's probably a stupid seabird i like it <laughs> i think it's is probably it... very dumb and is it, it can't is fly it an at albatross? night what kind of stupid fucking bird can't fly at night well like it it's won't or it can't an oyster mm-hmm. its name is risk you think that risk, is risk is maybe it doesn't risk. want to hang out with people at night Risk is a sandpiper. <laughs> sandpiper. It's nervous. <laughs> what about a so killdeer? Its name is Risk. It's an egret. It's not That's an egret. It's a bird. really big, really More nice, of a lake bird, huge, though. Huge a meadow. lake bird? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Get like your wetland birds bird. right. Uh, yeah, a wetland and a lake <laughs> are not the same thing. The lakes are wetlands. Maybe it's an ibis. <laughs> It has a nice beak. It's a, the best swan. podcast content it's a I think we could possibly. It's a goose. A swan. swan. I, I think it's an albatross. If it was yeah. a big boy. I mean, what would, what kind of bird would a handsome man like Webb have? An osprey. I mean, he's so very Ospreys are Ospreys fucking are badasses all hell. We have them here in Charleston, and they're fucking so cool. They're sexy birds. It's a pigeon. Sexy seabird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're it's a pigeon that got lost and was just like walking on the beach one day, and he's like, yeah, my seabird. 
computer. What did pigeons do before human civilization? Nothing. Did they like like <laughs> they did didn't did they like harass cows? They didn't they exist. They, it's kind they of did, like a free yeah. fly. They just kind of appear out of thin air. <laughs> they did like evolve into like humans existed until people were handing out food. Yeah. Rats the send messages. The first pretzel Rats cart was created, and, and then pigeons just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Googling when were pigeons invented? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely oh, some three thousand years ago. So as long as there have been yeah, that seems no, about people have been around way longer than pigeons. Yeah. They're just morning doves, but like they've had a rough life. That prehistoric pretzel cart is pushed around on its, you know. Yeah, three thousand years is not prehistoric. I know. No, it's, <laughs> they've been around just long enough to get handouts. <laughs> Just in case you're a part of, you live in that one part of Kentucky with that one museum. I just want everyone to know. Before the museum, there was one pigeon on the ground there. <laughs> two. I thought it was two. It's two pigeons. Just want, like, I will say, I have never cart. seen a pigeon outside of New York City or Chicago. Really? That is not true. You Are you sure? Buckheap Buck has pigeons or do they have squab? <laughs> I've eaten squab. It's delicious if you wrap it in bacon. It's squab. They have squab. <laughs> All right, I gotta have to stop you. All right, we 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 need we a need break to distract them. I like squab because their name also sounds kind of like the sound they would make. They just go squab. Yeah, <laughs> squab. Squab. Let's just reread Get the live ship traders again. <laughs> I'm sure I'm totally it will be out of this alcohol. Time. This We're having the book keys. Rachel's gonna fire us. Thank you very oh, much. No. I got the skill. What do we think about the fact that we are three there's only three chapters left and we still have not solved this witted issue? Um, that, it's still so well, goddamn that... typical of every book she writes. <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> You know that we are not getting anything juicy until book three, and then we're going to, like, bum rush through it, and we're, it's just, I don't know. I kind of dislike that about these books, but whatever. Like I said, nothing happens in these books. The first book, in this truly book. nothing happened. He, like, left his shack and went to Buckkeep, and that was the end. That uh, was it. At least I he thought... rescued... He rescued Doofle. Yeah. That was a thing. I thought less happened like, in this book. In this book, book all there he were does magic is portals and fights and torture and Night Eyes. Night Eyes died. was there. Yeah, the first book that. has like <laughs> the first book has actual like things. This book is like just fits sits in the walls and has lots of problems he can't solve. What if I told you that the next book was the is the juiciest book you will ever read? It's believable because there was a lot of dawdling that happened in these two. Yeah. It's not the whole book, though, Eli. Don't misadvertise. <laughs> There's only some the last pretty three fucking juicy the... bits. <laughs> I'm going to sue this podcast if, if you're lying, Eli. If you want some juice, <laughs> just wait. Just wait for the juice. It's so juicy. You're going to wet your beak um, all day. <laughs> you're going to wet your squab beak. Your seabird. Wow. <laughs> No, I have no control. Okay, uh, I gotta get through this chapter. Okay, so we have also, all the time in the world. Do you this think is, this is the little baby section? 
Do you think that it's weird that Fitz and this little animal sat in the wall ten feet from a bunch of wooded people and thought that <laughs> yes. he would I, go I, I thought that multiple that. times. I'm like, how are they yeah. not? There's like a whole fucking pack of them in there, and these walls aren't that thick. Like, how do they not know? But I guess well, they weren't I mean, talking to each other. It, but I still feel like when when Fitz is out walking around, like he can sense other living things. But maybe there were just right? so He's many like, there's people a, there's in the so, castle in that I, tree. I yeah, I think that that's it. I think that there's just a lot of people around in the castle. Yeah, like it's not like they walked. Like it's not like one person walked into a room and was like, "I sense the wit." They sent something in the wit and was like, children. look at this wall. And Night Eyes is like... gone, so Fitz is yeah. not, like, just witting out yeah. everywhere. Like, like, that's right, and he did say movie. when he was, like, trying to detect when they were in the woods that he had a hard time detecting, like, outside the group of horses and people. because yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're, if they're all there and they're all witted and they're all, like, connecting to each other, they're probably not, like... Oh, there's a there's a ferret and a guy sitting in the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that a fucking that said, in. that said, in my opinion, it seems like Webb notices that Fitz is witted. Well, when he said, "Oh, you're Tom Badger," yeah, yes, Laurel has told me to take note of you, and he's yeah. like, "Well, that doesn't make me feel good." I think he has, <laughs> and then he sort of like latches on to I him. think he knows like exactly who he is. That was kind of my assumption, but I hey, love that you about Fitz Chivalry Farseer. Yeah. I loved that Fitz Chivalry was the password. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. Fitz is like what? No, oh no! Sorry, sorry. Not me, not me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> she on. says that, and he goes, "Yes." <laughs> like, <laughs> present. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Raises present. his hand. <laughs> like I was just uh, reaching, uh, scratching my hair. Uh, but what? He's like, I can't be Fitz Chivalry Farseer because that guy, that guy, he isn't me. He's a shit. <laughs> I put on all the scars that he would have had, but it's not me. <laughs> I look nothing like him. No. Uh, anything else from this chapter? Return of Laurel, return of the wit, the old blood plot, dutifuls being a sacrifice and yeah. camping in the woods, which sounds terrible. I mean, what do we think of the old blood plot? They are annoying and bad, and I wish they'd go Yeah, away. <laughs> I'm just kind of whatever, but... Yeah. It's kind I of can. like... I'm just... I guess because you've got, like, this whole other thing with, like, the Out Islanders and this dragon and, like, all that stuff that Which is a hundred like... times more Right, yeah, this is crap. Meh. But this this feels like okay. Well, this was sort of the plot in the first book, so we gotta like wrap that up. But we're just gonna wait till the very end to sort of start. Well, I've that. said this before. I, I feel like Hob was like, oh, I set up a I set up a world where there were these like horrible inequalities, and I think we've talked right. about that too. Where it's like the wit, yeah. like witted people were like the stand-in for like homosexuality, or yeah. you know, like. But now we just have homosexuality. Now like, you know what? So I'm just not really being obvious enough. We're just gonna. <laughs> like, so it's like we'll okay, she's actually gay panicking. Yeah, so she's Panicin. just trying to like be like, well, I I want to leave the world better than I started it. So let's deal with this bit of racism <clears throat> and prejudice. So it's like okay, cool. Well, I mean, but... I guess I guess it's like you know she's got to pay. Well, I mean, she made dutiful witted, so she has to keep 
him alive, which means that she has to solve this issue, and she has to pave the way for, like, you know, maybe for Fitz to possibly be able to be Fitz again by, like, making the Witted not immediately murdered. Well, the Witted like him, otherwise they wouldn't use him as their password. <laughs> well, I know the Witted like him, but everybody else needs to be okay with the Witted, too. Everyone change your password from Fritz Chivalry. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, no, it Everyone is my hack. password. <laughs> the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> mine is, mine is uh, fixed name, which is Fishivalry. Fishivalry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh right, that's right, Eli. You your your password and your in your Wi-Fi are. <laughs> yeah, any any Is fans really? of this podcast want to come to my house and get some free Wi-Fi? Hack in. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Get into get into Eli's Wi-Fi walls. <laughs> okay, uh, can we move on to chapter twenty-six, Never. please? Chapter twenty-six <laughs> negotiations. The intro was very short, and I really appreciated it. One man armed with the right word may do what an army of swordsmen cannot. Mountain proverb. Fitzy reports on Webb to Shade and thus the queen, and Webb is bestowed... <laughs> See, this is what you do to me! Webb is bestowed the special honor of speaking first at negotiations the next day. He suggests that Buckheat Castle become Ketty's home for the Woperly Witted so that they can live amongst the moguls and prove that they aren't scary. And I guess it's not a horrible idea, and it piques some people's interests. He then offers himself to her services, asking to stay at the keep and act as a tutor-slash-teacher. And he just seems mighty thirsty, y'all. Mighty thirsty indeed. Then he woos Ketty even more by saying he's going to go show off his seabird to the guards, and so she invites herself to the lunch. Fitzy stays behind to spy on the old bloods. Seems some of them are tempted to send some of their witted to the... Um, Witted family to her um, wayward home for these witted folks. But the silver eye Bia is just all in a huff, even though other people are buying in. The rest of the sessions were lame, though. Um, the clown Boyo. Rachel said Boyo, and I call him Boyo, so I don't know. <laughs> Boyo was just trying to get money for himself because of his alleged lineage. And then um, silver eye goes full clown and just asks for a full on murder spree by decree of the queen, all in the name of retribution. And Ketty just gives her a big old, like, hell to the no-no, hell to the no-we ain't doing that. So then a cow gives birth, that's cool, and meantime, <laughs> Shade joins Fitz in the wall for a little bit of MPT3K, which is Mystery People Theater 3000, just as the movie starts. <laughs> and the star is Sybil, a boy that was dealt not a great hand in life, and he starts telling the old blood delegates that he, a lord, has been straight chillin' with Princey Pooh. And everyone totes knows he's witted, and they're down with it, and they granted him asylum, and it ain't no thing, and everybody's cool. It's real cool. And it's so cool, in fact, that tomorrow he's having a coming out party, and he's going to come out as witted and <laughs> announce it to the to the whole keep, and he's going to escort the prince on his dragon trip, and he's going to help protect him with his whip magic. And um, the coming out party is a bit of a surprise to Shade and Fitz, but they're like, well, what can you do? He's coming out. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> then he also tells them that these alleged trust, untrustworthy farseers actually killed the most evil piebalds. And this is when we see that Silver Eye essentially outs herself as a Trump supporter. I mean, a piebald. And oh my God. <laughs> to the rest of all of her delegates, <laughs> she says that she's in the know, but definitely not a piebald. But then she just keeps digging her own hole and everyone pretty much hates her. So 
The next day, some of the old blood are just like kind of riding Sybil's high about just being honest about who they are. And the minstrel presents himself without a mask and asks to remain at court. And Ketty doles out a proclamation and it's just like rules, 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 lots of rules. But basically, it holds all of the ducal houses and the heads of those houses personally liable for any executions or murders that happen in their lands. So shit's getting like very very real for the the dukes in the duchies for show and then uh the witted parade goes back home and they retrieve hunty and doodles and he's unharmed and he's like really excited to see his new outed friend civil um and the minstrel serenades everyone on their ride back to the castle by singing antler island tower and Fitz is just so over that song, you guys. So everyone starts singing it louder and in unison. And it's just like a bunch of white people in a bar when Living on a Prayer comes on. <laughs> oh, God. Sweet it's Caroline, like stop if you're believing, but... Yes, God. Caroline. That's even worse. <laughs> Antler Island. <laughs> 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 Oh, Fitz killed those guys so good. So good. So good. Jesus. Oh, no. Best episode ever. The pandemic experience I'm missing. <laughs> so, Sybil's going to go on the mission. Uh, hope he falls down a flight of stairs. Uh, this whole episode's going to be done like as Sybil, karaoke Tell me the truth. Are we supposed to like him and I'm just being obtuse? I don't like him. I think he's... Well, Fitz hates him, so I feel like Fitz is a. We're kind of on his side, know. but Fitz is not a good judge. Like we can't trust I know. Fitz. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm. I, I know mean, that I, I feel like Sybil. the only way we can possibly like him is if we are, are like just so on board with Dutiful that Dutiful saying "I love this guy" makes us love him. <laughs> That's the only way, because otherwise he That's just is like a douche. Him, though, so. Yeah, he no, he's just like every Bro, time you maybe. see him he's like moody and shitty. Yeah, otherwise we'd like Molly and we don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even in this book. Gonna need some ointment for that burn. Ew. <laughs> it would be much more interesting though if Sybil was a love interest. Just saying. It would. What for Judith? Beautiful. Yes. yes. Well, he was pretty terrified <laughs> yeah. of Lord Golden, so I don't think that's happening. Well, there's a reason he's terrified. He sees himself. Now he's coming out, so, you know. But again, we don't have that. We have regular homosexuality as homosexuality. Witted is just witted. We don't get to... Can't, it's not symbolic What anymore. What happened to his lands, though? I mean, that... I, I missed the that. The piebalds took them. They just have them now? They're just They're, there. like, squatting they on his land, because his mom... Yeah. Chilling. Well, castle. he technically yeah. has it, and they sent people to like hold it for him until he comes. I thought it. that oh. I thought that Shade had everybody murdered there. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah, they all poisoned, got poisoned, right? Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just empty. Well, they Ketrigan sent like a small like skeleton crew to like maintain it. Well, right, he but gets so if Sybil goes back, he basically has to ask Ketrigan for like permission. Oh, yeah, because like, he's basically a ward at this point. Yeah, it's like he if Dutiful's good for uh, however many years it takes for him to be an adult, then he can go back and rule his land. He, he just has to go and kill a dragon. Yeah, I don't know. If he volunteered for that trip, and I'm like, dude, I don't think that's a good idea, but... I felt like it was expected. 
You mean you like, we, like you were anticipating that? No, I think he felt like he had to go. Oh. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that Civil thinks that, but... Well, Civil, yeah, Civil, like his own, the only person in the world that likes him is dutiful. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be like left behind either. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like Civil was kind of riding a high, and it's kind of like me if I go to a silent auction and I have too many glasses of wine, and then I just start <laughs> bidding like crazy and making promises for prices that I can't afford. And like Civil was very much in that realm of like I'm here and I'm with it, and you know what? Yeah, I'm out. I'm gonna, I'm telling everybody and. Everybody's going to know. I'm going to go with him. And he was signing up for shit that I don't know if he was even fully thinking it through because he was just really hype. Right. Because what's the implication then if he's witted and he tells everyone like it just seems like it puts dutiful in a in an awkward position to maybe have to admit that he himself is witted. And I don't know if we're like at that point. I don't think civil coming out as witted. I don't know. I don't think that puts pressure on the prince to come out. I think that it could easily just be said that, like, yeah, he's accepting of witted people. But, I mean, just because you accept somebody doesn't mean that you are that. But they did they did gift him with Cat, and there may be people who remember that. But Cat I, is I did. dead Speaking and nowhere of around, cat. so people can't really hold that against him because they haven't seen him with the cat. Right. So I thought it was particularly funny that Civil was like, he doesn't have a coterie to protect him, so I'll be his coterie yeah. with my cat on a ship a in the ocean. <laughs> and then when we get off the ship, we'll be on a glacier, and that's Your even cat's better. Your really going to fucking appreciate it. <laughs> is Antler, Antler Island is a Starling song, yep. correct? It is, yeah. Yes. And they Dutiful says that at one point. Like, I don't know yes. if Starling's really going to like that. Well, you know what, Starling? We know that Starling doesn't like it when other people sing her songs. It's from the <laughs> point of view of Starling's brother who died a few years later. But he right. survived because of Fitz, who I, th- I think that, like, paraphrasing the quote was, like, he, her brother was going to die. And then, like, Fitz, like, just mowed down whoever was about to kill. <laughs> her brother is the guy brother. that was in the gr- on the... There's one guy I remember from those scenes in the first trilogy where he was he was on his back like in the mud and Fitz comes in. He was like on the wall maybe or like a part of like the like the defense and and when Fitz comes in he kills a guy that's trying to kill this guy who's already on the ground and I feel like that was her brother. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the the starry-eyed view of this guy who is about to be killed and then gets saved by Fitz. And then it's just like this whole story that Fitz doesn't even remember of Fitz like just killing everybody. The rock star. Yeah. Yes, it's just like trashing a hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. Um... Also, what do we think about Webb? What do we think about I don't Webb? trust him because he's just way too enthusiastic about getting up in it. He either is supposed to come off as like a Mr. Rogers type where he's just really genuinely interested in you. He seems or he's he seems more sly to me than that. If it was intended for him to be Devil a Mr. Man. Rogers character, I'm not getting that. And I feel like he's shady, but I also trust no one in life. 
so. <laughs> I really liked the part where he was talking and then he said the word sacrifice and Fitz and Shade were just like... <laughs> yeah, like, I that will. seems manipulative to me. Like, he knew what he was doing. He's it, a politician. It, it seemed like a very, like, he seems like a Mary Sue character to me, other than the fact that, like, he wanted to go on the trip. And then that... That's the part that seems kind of like shady to me, is that he wants to join this. But how did he know about the trip? Suspicious. The bird. The bird? <laughs> Everyone knows about the trip. The bird yeah. was talking to my black who talked to Gilly. Messenger <laughs> Webb is talking to everyone. So we basically think like, you basically think that like Webb is the kettle of this series where he's just... It just gonna, seems like, bust out some man. like highly important something that's gonna save the day. <laughs> to to me, what it feels like is like they were not doing well with the piebalds at all, like right. or the witted in general. They were just doing so poorly, and then this guy's like, "Oh, we'll just waltz in here and fix everything." It just seems like, and he's from Bairns, right? And we like everyone from so, there. The people from there are great. Yeah, it just seems, like, unrealistic, too convenient. I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't know. They haven't really talked to any witted people yet, so this is sort of the first time. I, I know that we're not shitty, supposed but... to like Silver Eye, but I feel like Silver Eye has a point. That, like... No, don't sympathize with this. <laughs> don't sympathize with the She Nazis. just wants to kill I... everyone. No, I know that. She is clearly broken. But what she's talking about is the fact that this is a population of people who has been, like, murdered for decades. And I think that, I think that they are owed something. Like, maybe they the should answer be. is not Yeah, murdered. they might be owed something, practical. but it's not the dead bodies of innocent people. People <laughs> like, right, not... but I think that Ketrickin just uh, be yes, like, well, now yeah. I will outlaw it to kill you. That's not enough. It's not enough to be like murder is wrong, and I it's will make step sure one of like one hundred. But they can't wrong. do everything all at once. They need to figure out. They need to know how it's going to go. And she just doesn't. She doesn't want a blood feud on her hands. I mean, that's what that's what you'd have. Right, right. I mean, I think Ketrigan had a point when she was like, well, if I kill all these people, then what about, like, their, their cousin coming cousins. and being like, hey, like... I liked him. Why don't you go and kill all these people now? And when does yeah. it end? Or like, I mean, Regal, Regal got to, like, keep his... I just, I feel like they've dealt with some of the bad actors in the past in the wrong way. Because there were some seriously bad people who were definitely trying to kill and take out the Farseers. And they kept them around. And I think to tell the to tell these witted people who were not acting against the farseers that they don't get to have any kind of oh, here's the table uh, that they don't get to have any kind of like say in the ruling of the of the duchies is wrong. Like if they I don't know there needs to be equal representation. Like if they've been well, you can't, you can't but like right now they're the literally right like now they're everybody... literally trying to stop the bleeding. Like they're. <laughs> They're just right. I, I understand to... that. Start stabbing. And I get that it's only three days and like dutifuls in the woods and shit and they can't make any like grand overtures. But I feel like 
taking some of these people and putting them into her court is actually necessary. Like we might not yeah. trust Webb. That wasn't her idea. But... That was Webb's idea. No, I don't I know, have an issue her, with uh... what Webb posed. I have no issue with the fact that he's like, hey, bring these people in and let them live amongst the, the keep and like show. I think that's a good idea. I don't trust him yeah. specifically. <laughs> right. I just think that it's a good idea. <laughs> shouldn't. I know it came from a suspicious source, but I think it's a good idea nonetheless. It is a good idea. I think he's just a politician, and I think he's incredibly smart. And he came in all like, he came in all and like. And don't forget, very good looking for I his I think age. it's maybe his walk <laughs> that makes me distrust him. Is it he's bird-like? His, uh, his ship swagger? He sway his hips yeah, too much. Yeah, it's the, the ship swagger. He's a really pirate. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's a squab. What is this bastard from? Look at this nice he's pirate. He's swabbing the decks. He's a very nice pirate. Maybe he knows, like, a ship. I don't know. I don't, I'm making shit up. I don't know. Well, and he has a seabird. Oh, man. Oh, God, you guys, he is a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Does, and he also has this weird uh, eye patch that he only wears at night. He's got lazy eye. <laughs> you wear the patch during the day. It's, no, it's like you, Joey. Wrist... You have those special goggles that you sleep yeah, in. Yeah, he just sleeps so with his eyes open and has to put <laughs> oozy ointment on them. <laughs> Is Risk affected by that? And that's why Risk can't fly at night. <laughs> yeah, Risk... <laughs> Blurs his vision. <laughs> Risk, Risk also has to wear the special <laughs> goggles at night. <laughs> it's like the bird from from uh, Little Mermaid. Does he have goggles? Oh, the seagull. Yeah. Some bird have goggles in some Disney movie. What is that? What is that bird? Uh, the Rescuers has the albatross that flies the mice. Um, they're who Gully, gully. See, what is that fucking bird? Scuttle. Scuttle, thank you. Scully? Scull Molder? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Okay, Joey, take us into chapter twenty seven, please. Chapter chapter twenty seven. Spring sailing or Fits in the Fool sitting in a tree B E L O V E D. <laughs> The intro is an old folk fable or a cautionary tale about how a boy wolf ate his sister doe and then vice versa. It's and it's the it's the circle of life and all people wonder why old folk are hated so. Old old folk. Old old blood. Old blood folk, yes. <laughs> Old people. <laughs> the elderly are hated. <laughs> um, old blood. That's what these stories have been about the whole time, guys. Leave them in the snow. Uh, um, here we are at the end of the least exciting book in the Farseer saga to date. But it was kind of nice. No one I like died, and it's spring. Um, but I definitely still miss Night Eyes. And th this lap chat... I, well... This last chapter is about uh, preparing for a big teen, romancy, dragon facey, epic y adventure to Asiavial, the big block of ice at the top of the world, <laughs> or the Nancheska Doodles Love Quest, as I would, I'm going to see it as such. I hope that's how it's written. And wouldn't you know it, the ship they're about to take is called the Maiden's Chance. Womp womp. 
Everyone is go is everyone important is going on the adventure. So that's Doodles. He's witted. That's Civil witted. Shade, who's got the skill now, fits skill and witted. Stick, who's got the skill. Webb, who's witted, and his seagull. And there's a surprise guest. It's Swift, Burridge's best at witted son. And then, briefly after being introduced to Swift properly, I guess. That night, Fitz uh, go, skills out to nettle in that, like, what dreams may come fashion we've grown to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. And he describes himself in this really weird way. He describes himself curling his tail around his body near a tree, which I only now realize that I was using the image of the Hobbit's shirtless Bjorn. Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yarn. Baby Bjorn. Yarn. Baby Bjorn. I only read The Hobbit. That's who it is. That's who Fitz has been this whole time in those dreams with with Nettle. Perfect. And then Fitz Wolfman learns his daughter has a crush on somebody. And and then quickly after that, a weird small lizard thing shows up to ruin the conversation. And I think it's a dragon... And then it starts interrogating Fitz to give up his secret uh, or something, and then it threatens to kill Nettle, and then Nettle grabs the shitty dragon and then turns it into blue raspberry candy and smashes it against the ground. <laughs> then the dream is over. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which I guess is like our outro to Nettle in this book, which is fine, because that was kind of cool. Okay, and then later, Fitz shows up at Gindas and learns that Hap is, like, fucking finally excelling at Cabinetry University, and then Fitz goes ahead and pays out the rest of his his schooling. And then later, uh, Chade and Fitz are discussing the Fool, and there's still, like, a lot of distance between Fitz and Lord Golden. And Lord Golden, who we know has, like, maybe maybe skill, maybe wit, maybe something else, prophecy... Also has plans to join the great but keep quest off, but Jade is doing the best he can to keep that from happening. So the jury's still out. We will see. Remember, we don't want the fool to die, and we know, or we think we know, that if he goes on this quest, he will definitely maybe die. Um, so we also learn this. Is, we also learn that the skill training stone game that fits Todd Doodles has taken up residence in all the Buckkeep inns, and it's the proper town favorite. Like cornhole or backgammon or something. <laughs> I guess it goes good with booze. Which, I don't know why that detail was included in this chapter, but it was. So I think there's going to be some stuff about people having skill powers coming up out of the woodwork. That's my theory. Um, and then Jade reflects on the weird-ass untrained crew that now makes up Doodle's Coterie. We need a name for this fucking weird-ass coterie. Um, Doodles Coterie. Do, uh, it, it needs do, doodery. I don't know, like something. The Doodlebees. Okay. The Doodlebees. The Doodly Doodlebees. The Doodly Doodlebees. Oakley Doakley. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's weird, and uh, Shade admits that he's still only dabbling carelessly alone with the skill. But then, immediately, in order to change the subject, he offers Fitz a new axe. He says, "Don't you need an axe?" And then he asks Fitz to tutor Swift in the art of the axe. 
But then Fitz admits his reticence to the idea because Swift is a big sourpuss with no sense of humor, which is sort of how he's described, which he's basically, okay, he's Burrich Jr. Um, which I thought was kind of <laughs> shitty of Fitz. <laughs> thought he should have been more affectionate towards that, but whatever. Um, and, and I'm kind of like thinking to myself, did, can you teach axing? It seems like you're either like born to ax or you're born not to ax. <laughs> and then like nobody taught Fitz how to ax. He yes, just... they did. He had ax yeah, lessons he had, every morning. Birch for... taught him. All right, fine. A while. Fine. As, to me, it feels like Fitz just knew how innately. But You don't just know how to ax stuff, Joe. I think, I don't know. I went to one of those ax throwing bars one time and I feel like I have it really on lock, so... <laughs> I was terrible. You either axe or you axe either... thing. You wouldn't understand. I was okay with the two with the two handed axe. I was terrible with the one handed one. Yeah, right. And Joey was like, "I'm gonna throw one handed because it's cooler." Yeah, I wasn't any good at the one handed. I had to be two. The two handed, I did get a bullseye once. Hell yeah. So yeah, axing. You just you just know it or you don't. I don't care if he had fucking tutors. I don't think he needed them. I think it came to him naturally. He had Burridge and Verity. Burridge can yeah, fight with an axe. And his inner berserker. Yes, so. that was that was his that was his. That was oh, his. Okay, continue. Yeah. Continue. We want we three old books. It's Burridge is an axe fighter. Yes. 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 Oh, I missed that. Okay. Well. <laughs> Fitz reflects on his shitty situation with the fool and then goes to visit him. And then apparently while the while Fitz is, uh, gave up on the method of on his method acting, uh, you know, like his whole routine with Lord Golden, it appears that the fool has literally become Lord Golden because his room's decor is like full of all these Jamalian artifacts and tapestries and stuff, and I don't I don't know what's going on. It's like he's literally becoming Lord Golden, and I just thinking I miss the creepy hand carved dolls because that to me feels like the, the the fool that I know. And then Fitz, kind of he comes in and he's like he whole he comes in and he wholeheartedly apologizes to the fool and confesses his true love for him. <laughs> And then they embrace, and then they consecrate their holy, new holy romantic, without limits relationship, and they seal the deal with a deep, heartfelt kiss, and it's really nice. And thus, the installment of the Farseer saga proved its worth to readers everywhere. You read this book for a reason. The end. Thank you for reading, and good night. You can turn it off. Podcast is over. No, no, that's, that's, I'm sorry, it's that's over forever. Not, not what happened. Fitz clumsily apologizes for the gross homophobia earlier on in the book, and then the fool maintains that the Lord, the, he maintains the Lord Golden Act, and then Fitz finally professes that he wishes for the fool to return and says, quote, Beloved, I have missed your company. The end. Okay, so when the fool says goodnight, beloved, it's fine. You know, it's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. Goodnight, feel like, beloved. Um, regarding the fool's room, it sounds like someone who just found out they have terminal cancer and they're just like, I'm going to max out every credit card I can get my hands on. <laughs> and it sounds like he thinks that he's going to die soon, so he's just spending that cash. Oh. Yes. Yes. 
Un- Don't you guys just want to have like a cool like party where we all dress up really fancy and gamble? Always. Every day. Every day. And uh, gamble? Every day. Every day. For if I had somebody to COVID? do my hair, then yes, but I really don't like doing my hair. Ashley, so. buy a wig. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> it's so hard to fit yourself. all of my hair under a wig. My head is already giant. Cut, Cut your hair Shave your head Cut and your head. Body. Oh, your hair. My head is very excessively lumpy, like upsettingly <laughs> lumpy. <laughs> Shave your head, buy a wig, live the life. Do it. I'm bald cat. <laughs> I'm not ready. You could be like me, just shave two thirds of your head. I mean, I shave then... a big chunk underneath. I have an undercut. Mm. It's the best ventilation. Yeah. So, talking about the voices that Fitz has been hearing, and this one that pops up, which is Obvia Dragon. Yes. What, the lizard. Which I've been thinking. So do we think that the voices all along are the same voice and that it's a dragon and it's because he's been sleeping with those goddamn wizard wood arrows under his pillow? <laughs> <laughs> feathers. They're feathers. No oh, earrings. what did I say? Earrings? Oh my God. You said arrows, but arrows. Arrows. is a part Sorry, of arrows. So yeah. Arrows. Arrow. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. They are feathers. Feathers. He gave them to LG, didn't he? Sort of. No, he showed them to him and they were and having a tick yeah. still. And he yeah. was like, he was like when he put them back, That's he put them back in his I don't give a yeah. shit. And so now they're still in his <laughs> Well, I'm going to keep them. Where he le- keeps them forever. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. What do we think? I think there's definitely some dragon bullshittery uh, afoot. I mean, yeah, my favorite part was it turned into a little tiny blue dragon and then it had the pinwheel eyes trying to hypnotize him. Yeah. So So my question (laughs) is... I thought that was very cute. Is this voice related to the ones that he heard previously or did Selden just get back to Tintaglia and Tattletale about Fitz? And since she already did the weird, scary, like... Don't fucking lie to me. I know you see dragons kind of shit is now she just like harassing him. I would say that if it is involved with Nettle, it is the same voice the whole time. Bro. So yeah. I don't. Feathers equal dragons equal voices. Equals arrows. Equals arrows. (laughs) Something I think is interesting. If it is Tintaglia, the fact that you know, it's like a this dragon. We've seen them before, but when it's hearing Nettle talk about a secret, like maybe a boy or whatever, and she's like, ooh, I love secrets. Tell me your secret. Like, it's just so funny to me. It's like, <laughs> did you say gossip? I love it's gossip. Like, <laughs> I think it's less about it being the hot gossip and more about the fact that she tries to manipulate people, so she wants all that intel. But why does she want to n- manipulate Nettle? Uh, because she's, she's another human who girl. can be a minion, especially if she's trying to get near Fitz and Fitz is in, is like communicating with her. But they're bugs. She doesn't care about her bugs. Yeah, she why? Does, why care about Nettle the, or if Fitz? If the bugs are going to kill people, kill peep. Oh my god, am I having a stroke? What's that? What's that new bug? She's going to help if they're. Uh, she needs the humans for the babies. Uh, 
But you know that new bug that they just discovered, the ironclad beetle that you can run over with a jeep and it's still and it's fine. What? I think she's looking for that kind of bug. Why would they try that instead of giving it a kiss? <laughs> Does the fact that they can use the skill elevate them from insects to like mice or something? No, they're just ironclad beetles instead of regular beetles. <laughs> they're little knights. You can run it over with little a car. Paladins. Yeah. But she does hold people, like, she held elderlings in a higher regard than the average bug. But an elderling has already, like, pledged itself to her needs and wants. I guess. Right? That's yeah. basically what's they're, going on. They're spouting the poetry. They're doing the whole thing. They're providing the, the Fitz skill is drink. a thousand miles away <laughs> and clearly dumb and just doesn't know anything about and, her. And Fitz is like, I don't care about you, you dumb lizard. Leave me alone. Where's the silver? I'll never I tell. support this. XOXO. That's like, you can't take my feathers from me. They're mine. They live in my pants, not yours. <laughs> That's where I put my feathers. Is that a feather in your pants? Are you happy to see me? Sorry, so do I'm you sure. think that, do you think that it is fair to conspire against the fool to leave him? I think it's totally fucked. I think it's not okay. <laughs> You're going directly against what the plans that he has for himself. I don't think that it's, like, a suicide mission situation, and I think it's just another thing that's going to potentially degrade their relationship so you, even further. You don't think it's, like, romantic that he's like, I'm going to leave you behind because I want you to live. Right. No, I no, don't. No, that's, that's totally why he's doing it, and it's because he believes in the power that... The- he believes in the fool's power, even if the fool's an off-brand, right? Like... Even if he, Kmart, he is a fake. Kmart pump. He's Kmart profit. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> fuck the future, I don't want you to die. I get that, but I just don't think that, like, even if somebody really loves me, if I have my decision made, like, I would like my autonomy to be recognized and um, to be mine. Ashley? Oh, I hit the table again. Ashley, what would you do if you found out that you were being thwarted? Thwarted. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably go into a rage of some type, and it would. What if you were the fool good. and you were being thwarted? Go into a Jamaican I'm just, thwart I'm rage. just putting. If it out I was there, the fool, I would circumvent it. I would just go around them and get there anyways. I would just dress up as a sailor and like fool. Exactly. Everybody. It's like he's a fucking chameleon. If he finds out that he's getting you know, blackballed, then blacklisted, blackballed, oh. whatever, then, yeah, I think that he'll just, you know, put on a new wig and some extra makeup and find a ship that'll <laughs> take him. Call my friend Jake. Get, Do you think Jake? he'll be like, I know a ship. I have a ship. I got a best friend. Got yeah, he has, he's, he, he knows a thing or two about fucking ships. Ones that talk and are handsome. You yeah, well, my ship talks. And talk. moody. Moody ship. It's like an Uber. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love it. I love this idea. That would be great if he was just like, hey, Paragon, come take me here. Paragon, I have somewhere to go. Drop everything you're doing and take me there now. Which terminal do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I love Paragon. <laughs> and then he'll spend the whole time making Paragon hot. Get in, face. bitches. <laughs> We're going ass lib yelling. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Eli. You. 
I thought it was super interesting how powerful Nettle was. Especially oh, yeah. if that's a dragon. She's a dragon into a lizard. I mean, Broke she's it. like obviously like maybe on par with Vic. Uh, and yet Fitz is like, I can't teach yeah. you the skill because I am. She's a dragon. obviously more powerful than Fitz. Like just like naturally way more powerful than him. Yeah, she dreamwalks. She's a dreamwalker. I think that's from another book, but it's applied. It's beautiful. She needs. Well, she's. Needs, like, I just feel so badly her. for her because she's so in the dark about what all of this is. Who does she have a call? Wait, but who does she have a crush on though? Does she have a crush? No one we know. She doesn't have a crush hood. on the Wolfman, does she? Jesus. Um, oh God, no! Please, God. Uh... Doing... Things are getting edible. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I'm your dad. <laughs> I'm your dad. I'm dad. I'm dad. Oh, God, I hope that's not true. Robin. Well, okay, so if it's not somebody that she's, if she, but she's got to be in love with somebody that she's dreamwalking with, because I just imagine that she lives in the middle of fucking nowhere and she never gets to socialize. So. That candy gecko man. If she's falling in love with somebody that she's dreamwalking with, as to be another skilled it's person. Web. No, I'm kidding. It's Webb's Risk. She's in love with Risk. No, she's not going to have relations with a bird. She's in love with the stone game. So, yeah, somebody (laughs) somebody that she's skilling with, which would be her cousin or... Not dutiful. (laughs) Did you guys see that thing on Slate where they're like, oh, my daughter's in love with the neighbor, but unfortunately, he's actually her half-brother, and I have to tell her. No, my daughter is in love with a bird. Oh, my God. You're confusing love with plumbing. It's fine. It's like, like, oh, I communicate with this young boy. He's so nice. I love him. It's like, no. You're in love with a squab. Look, there's just no safe path for her. Like, who are the available men in this in this narrative? Thick's available. Thick. Thick is totally available. Thick deserves love. Very like he likes what he likes. Maybe she maybe about... she stopped by the cabinet store one day and she's totally hot for half. Oh, hot for half. Hot no, for that's half. Maybe at least that's, they're not related. That's acceptable, yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's like falling in love with your stepbrother. It's fine. That might be the only man in the narrative she's not related to. I mean, if, if Fitz was into Molly, who was a total boring person, then it would only be fitting if Nettle was into a really boring person. Well, maybe Why do she... you hate Hap? Hap is cool. Yeah, Hap, Hap is, is a crap. Hap is cool with his cabinets. Oh, man. I like hey, that. I would kill for somebody you who would make me cabinets. Are you kidding? If you listen to this podcast your and you're house. single and you make cabinets, hit a girl up, okay? Because <laughs> I'm not turning that away. I got an old house and there is work to be done. This Get it through the air, though. Yeah. This love. It blossoms. Okay. Um, Alyssa, can you take us through the epilogue? I would be please? delighted. Lest you forget the epilogue. That's it. It's the end. And future Fitz is diarying again. 
Fitz muses about how his hands once wielded the sword, the axe, and how now all he wants is the quill, which is really just a tiny sword, so nothing ever changes. <laughs> just like me wondering about maple syrup, Fitz wonders how many buckle buckets of ink he has used in his lifetime. Do you ever wonder how much maple syrup you've drunk in your life? I think about it every day. You, you drink it? Yeah, just straight from the bottle. Oh my god. Do you like regular maple syrup? Yeah. Or like maple I buy maple agave time. and use that as my syrup and it's fucking delicious. I also put it Here's in my Here's the thing, I only does. like I only like the corn syrup kind. I um like many others in Massachusetts because we live halfway between Maine and trash enjoy regular maple syrup and corn syrup, which is I like Have you had I like the corn syrup one and I like that you don't judge me for that. Have you had maple syrup from the spigot? I have. Have you sucked it from the tree like in Laura Ingalls Wilder? Yeah, it was very intimate. God, you know what? I still this day like <laughs> corn cakes with maple syrup because of reading the Laura Ingalls books. It's like, that's the dream. Corn cakes and maple syrup. <laughs> it's corn an cake. achievable dream. I know. I like it. It's like Bojangles. We have to get through one more sentence. Oh, it's yeah. It's okay. It's, we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, Fitz also writes about the cyclical nature of time and people and actions, and I wanted to include this quote because I really liked it. Quote, like the colt on the end of the training line, we are all just weird horses. The end. <laughs> huh. I don't even remember reading yeah, that. Right. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. Of course it's not. <laughs> Eli, be quiet. <laughs> God. So, this epilogue. Again, it's Fitz somewhere after the action. I just think he's a secret now. pyromaniac. Because <laughs> he's burning everything? Yes. yes. Like, he went through all the trouble. He's wasting so much, quote, paper and vellum. Like, they go, Robin Hobb goes through the trouble to differentiate, like, this was made from the skin of a lamb, and this was made from a tree, and he's burning all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a rich prince. He has the money for it, you know? Hurts me. Can give him a... It's wasteful. <laughs> he's a wasteful man. Look at all the people and things and beings he's wasted in his life. He doesn't shirts. compost. He could easily compost. <laughs> he composts his shirts. Compost shirt compost. He spends his friends as if as if they're endless. His loves, his 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 dads. He's got so many dads and he just He spends his friends, but he's also been spent, so he's he doesn't have good examples. But but I would argue that at this point of the narrative, what has been done to him has been done back to the people that did it to him. And so maybe he should just adjust. Get over it? He should just it's adjust. It's called trauma. Get therapy. <laughs> Where is Webb a therapist, do you think? Oh, he gets licensed. Vibes. Yes. Yeah, I imagine he's pretty good at it. <laughs> Maybe that'll maybe that'll help him out. All right, every episode in addition prompts, to being friends handsome. in high places <laughs> and that swagger yeah, for, for his age. For his age, friends in high places care. <laughs> it, it was put in the narrative. Very age contingent. Care character introductions and exits. Well, the therapist. 
Web the therapist and his uh, helper, Risk, who may or may not be a sock puppet. Could be a bird. <laughs> I hope he Wouldn't that be so funny it? if he was just like, all right, it's daytime now. We're hanging out. And here's Risk. <laughs> it's actually a paper towel that he just crumples up and tosses in the air. <laughs> it's a paper towel with bacon in it. <laughs> And suddenly, after 20 days of negotiations, everything is built upon what he said. They realize he's insane. (laughs) (laughs) But he still made some valid points, even through the answer. Listen to the ideas, not the the man. Uh, Laurel is back with a new haircut. Doing shit for the queen. Cool. All right. Never mind. And <laughs> and we have the return of Swift. What about Weeping Marshcroft? Microsoft. Weeping, Marsh- Weeping Microsoft. I kept the reading it. Macintosh. I just what's what's um what's what's a uh, uh he's a famous nope. guy who figures things out. Famous guy uh, that yes, figures man. Um, out. A man? I don't. Stephen Hawking. Dr. Phil. <laughs> Mycroft. Mycroft! Uh, I just kept reading Mycroft. He's the brother of that other guy that's not Shakespeare, but that's the Sherlock. only one I can think of. Shakespeare. There are three British people in the world. <laughs> one of them is Paul. He's not Paul. He's not Shakespeare. And he's not Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock's brother, Mike. Real fictional okay. or dead. I've drunk a lot of mead. Okay. It's not bad. Skills girl. acquired. <laughs> skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow. What new skills were shown in this section? Nothing. Negotiation skills. Burning. Nothing. <laughs> uh, Story. Karaoke. Bear romance. Ignore, <laughs> ignoring your best friend who is clearly acting out, spending all his money. Wow. He excels at ignoring people. Wow. Self-destructing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Animal assists. I said that Gilly was an observation assistant. Yeah, he kept him company. That's important. And and even though Shade was like, you're gonna drink all that wine and sit on that cushion in the wall, and he's like, yeah, fuck you, man. Yeah, why wouldn't I'm he? Gonna. And also, Gilly's eating all the raisins that ninety percent of the population hate. So good for Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with raisins. I love raisins, but I'm here to tell you that ninety percent of the population has serious issue with raisins. Here's my, f- you know, my favorite cereal is Raisin Bran. I fucking live for Raisin Bran. And I get the My one God. with the extra raisins in it because I want it to just yes. be a chewy ball of raisins. Yeah, in chewy water. That shit is so good. Yeah. And when I was growing up, Grandpa would get me the shitty raisin bran, and he would get himself raisin bran crunch. That's the and I wasn't allowed cereal. to eat the raisin bran crunch because that was for old. Are you but did me? he get you? That's did he at rude. least get you like name brand raisin bran, or did he get you like off brand raisin bran, and then he got name brand oh, plus Ashley, the crunch? It was the off brand. <gasps> Raisin you Not the Trader Joe's man. Was I his, have suffered. Was were, his Raisin Bran fits. also off-brand? Hell no. Off-brand. Oh, you were Fitz, um. Rachel. 
You were deprived. So, I'm so that's, that's sorry. That sounds very typical of him. <laughs> what a villain. Uh, what was the fool there, and how fabulous was were they being? You know, very he's putting on a fabulous front, of... but he's not doing great. He yeah. needs a hug. He needs he needs a hug. He needs a talk. He needs a better than what Fitz is offering. Faux show. Fitz misery. The bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, extremely bad decisions. I feel like not only did we have to sit through Antler Island again, but we had to sit through Blade recounting all the events of a uh, third book, which is called something, and. Those are all the Fitz Misery the Bastard moments. Asquest? Asquest, thank you. Asquest. I've had so much meat. Putting the ass in ass love, y'all. I have gin, you know? (laughs) The gin champagne elderflower is very good. But did you die? Important events and predictions, Ashley, it's you. So, important events. That dragon that was blue and had the swirly eyes and then did the thing, that was really important. And I, you guys heard my theory earlier. I've been trying to figure out who this voice is, where it's coming from, what kind of entity it is. I think now that we know, if this is the same voice from all along, I don't know, this voice was very mean and before the voice was a bit soothing-ish and helpful. So I have a hard time believing it's the same voice. But I think this time the voice was the dragon and I think he's hearing it because he's been hanging out with that wizard wood too much and it's making him have a connection. And also Selvin. Predictions. Stuff is going to happen in this book. Like perhaps maybe slaying a dragon that may or may not be a dragon. Well, this book is over, but maybe the next. (laughs) Well, no, I mean the next book. Oh, sorry. The next. This book is over, so moving forward. Um, I think the fool is gonna sneak to Ice Island on a on a paragon, and whether or not the fool dresses up as Amber is TBD. Um, I'm <laughs> I also predict that that cat is going to really be unhappy on that boat. <laughs> what if, what if she's right? not in love with anybody? What if it's some other secret? I thought we were told that she was in love with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> with, with everybody. Everybody? <laughs> Somebody. I, everyone thought, equally. But why do we trust Fitz? Nice. I mean... Why do we trust what Fitz thinks of his daughter that he barely knows? You're right. Do you, th- do you think that there will be a dragon? Yeah. I, oh. I kind of do. I don't yes. think it's, I think it's not going to be alive though. I don't know if a dragon okay. carcass can live inside wood. Could a what? I don't think that's what. Okay. Do you think that the dragon is the friends we made along the way? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just feel like because dragons were so large and in charge and important and um, bestowed upon back in the day, mm. that if there really was a dragon in ice, like the story would be true and carried forward correctly. But maybe not. Maybe they just saw like, maybe it's just going to be like a big dragon turd that looks like a dragon buried <laughs> in ice, but it's not actually a dragon. All right. Are we done? Did you guys get through it all? No. Mm-hmm. 
protected. I was protected. What made you cry? No. Beloved. Night, beloved. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that definitely got me choked up. It's also what ended the story, so you know that it's the most important thing. I know, I agree. Yeah. All this other shit is superfluous. <laughs> bye bye. Fashions from Jamelia. I mean, Bingtown. I mean, Jamelia. Well, all that, all that shit that was in the fool's room. Yes. Which sounds awesome. Instagram worthy faux show. Sneakers made by slave kids. Hashtag influencer. The fool Lord Golden is doing unboxings in his room. Yeah. <laughs> and this flame jewel is red and this flame jewel is green. Malta is riveted. <laughs> <laughs> She's his number one supporter. <laughs> Uh, did Fitz fits it? Um, I think he's markedly improved since last reading session. For sure, I think him trying to plot against the fool and like keeping him away is a little bit fitzing it, but he hasn't actually gone through with it. Right? Yeah, it's It's like planned fitzing. He's doing it for the right reason. That's right? like saying murdering somebody for the right... I mean, like, you can do bad things that are bad even if you think okay. that they're for a good reason. I'm not saying it's the right thing. Sometimes I'm just you just saying, gotta kill like... somebody. <laughs> or not. Or protect them. Keep them safe. I just think... But yeah, it's infantilizing because it's, it implies that the fool can't make their own decisions. Yeah, I would be absolutely furious if I knew that somebody was doing that to me. Yeah. Alright, anything else before we end, end out? Um, okay, next up is book three of the Tawny Man trilogy. It's called Fool's Fate. We're gonna start that in two weeks. This has been Bucky Radio. You can email us at buckybradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa. You can find me at AlyssaMainer.com, and I just launched a Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash AlyssaMainerd. You can even receive things in the mail from me, if you would like. I signed up. I signed up. I know about this. What kind of secret club is this shit? A public Twitter secret club. Oh, Please. I don't Twitter. Twitter. Oh, I'm the, sorry. The Twitter has been ruined by the president. Do you think, do you think that our mail carrier listener will deliver your Patreon? Oh my god! I hope so cool. because if I get enough money, I can quit my job <laughs> and podcast full time and art full time. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faceless Brain on Instagram, and I don't have a Patreon because that's too much work. <laughs> I'm Eli at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. Oh, that's me. I'm Ashley. You can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the rest? Okay, cool. <laughs> Next up, they already know. 
<laughs> Next up is spoiler section, and I'm super drunk, so am I? Oh, yes. This uh, is the first please. episode that somebody listens to once. <laughs> okay. Really Never start on episode 54, the last th- four chapters <laughs> of the second book of a trilogy, okay? Yeah. It's just not where you're supposed to you fucking start. Know. You never know. I haven't been drunk for one of these in a while, and here we are. Oh. sitting in a tree that was extreme first comes love unrequited love then comes swap like swapping bodies to save each other and then comes the baby that you deny is yours and denies you the trilogy it doesn't rhyme but you know it's fine the realm of the elderlings is a series about dads how many dads (laughs) infinite (laughs) and beautiful i miss a circle did you guys listen to my Regal playlist? It's so because good. Please, oh, I meant to remind you to plug that in the regular oh, the section. Regal playlist? Yeah. If you like Regal, listen to the <laughs> playlist I made. It's ridiculous. Rachel, it's you're in excellent. charge. You could just like take something from yeah. right here, right now, and push it Record to the front. it. Yeah. It's work that you write. <laughs> Three, two, one. Rachel recording only. <laughs> oh my god, how did I get myself disinebriated? This is horrible. So unprofessional. Happy Monday. Okay. <laughs> Were you there when I passed out on recording? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't pass out. I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and you said, no, I can't go to the bathroom, and then I went anyway, and while in the restroom... I forgot I was on the podcast and went to bed afterwards. <laughs> also, the but did it die in an egg? That was wow. Sorry to have missed. Was that, that. the one where we had? To, we were like, I hope he, I hope he's okay. Yep. We just like yep. you and no. I woke times. up in my cool. bed, like totally fine. <laughs> Wasn't hungover or anything. Woke up for work. My computer was like, still hey, recording. I was on a podcast last night. <laughs> <laughs> Audacity was like, "You have got to cut this first because this will not fit on your hard drive." <laughs> oh dear! Wow. We got to talk about this fucking thing, or I turn this off. So, what are you looking forward to in the next book? Remembering what happened. The ending. So we can go to Rainwild. Oh, God. Oh, well, I'm so looking forward hurts. to the ending, but for different cry? reasons. But, yeah. It's, like, the most beautiful, like, four chapters ever in literature. It's like, true. You're right. I'm in literature with a capital L. Wow. I'm looking forward to the introduction of Riddle so I can remember where he showed up. <laughs> Rachel is Lord Byron right now. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's just so good and so beautiful and, like, pure and... You know, it's like all this other shit's happening, and he's like, I'm going to go back and get my friend. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm going to sing just... Last Dance of Chances by Florence and the Machine. Yes. And, and Heavy in Your episode. Arms also. Oh, yes. Very good. Oh, perfect. Is that on your perfect. playlist? Yes, it is. Thank God, honestly. Yes, it is. I listened to it the other day, and I was like, man, this playlist is good, and I made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're good at playlists. I'm looking forward to all of the Out Island or Iron Island or whatever culture that we're going to get. <laughs> Out Island. Ash- Asha Greyjoy will be yeah. there. Selkie people. She'll show yes. up and she'll compare axes with bits. Yeah. What is that? You know, there's like lots of like archetypes of like fantasy, fantasy, uh, like main characters. They're always bastards. They always have a secret power. They always wield axes. You know, like, and my axe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're creating somewhat of a fellowship to go on this quest. What is your favorite Lord of the Rings memory? Oh, no. This is another two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? My favorite Lord of the Rings memory is sitting in a midnight showing of Fellowship of the Ring. And they are... The, the fellowship is running across the bridge of Casa Doom, and the woman behind me is screaming, Run! Run, you fuckers! Run! <laughs> and it's probably like the 10th time I've seen the movie because it was like, you know, like one of those like $2 showings. And oh. I was like, Yeah, man, fucking run. And then he falls, Gandalf falls, and the woman yeah. just starts screaming. Like, despondent so upset that Gandalf died not prepared like oh she oh my goodness yeah it was the best um Eli and Jenny you go next because mine will be so when I saw <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring in theaters I have two distinct memories and they both basically summed up to me feeling like I was the only person who cared about Lord of the Rings in the world because <laughs> we got to the part in Rivendell where Bilbo does the like over the ring Mm -hmm. and i got super shocked because scary things scare me and i looked over excitedly at my friend who was watching the movie with me and he had fallen asleep and (laughs) (laughs) sacrilege is is he like dead Uh, now (laughs) uh, i don't know how he's doing now um and then (laughs) he stopped being friends with him because he fell asleep he just vanished and then uh the other thing that I distinctly remember in my mind is that I got out of the movie and my mom was waiting to pick us up and she was pissed off because she didn't realize that a movie could be that long and she had gotten pizza hours ago for us and it was cold. <laughs> and so that's how I was the only person in the world who liked Lord of the Rings at the time. Oh, you should have been my internet friend. <laughs> I wish we had all been friends. Oh, I would have been insufferable to you all. Um, Let's see. In terms of going to see them in theaters, Return of the King, I went with my friend, and we went to, like, a further away theater, and it was, like, snowing terribly. And so we got there late, and then we had to, like, get tickets to a later showing, so we were out way past our bedtime. 
Uh, and <laughs> then we had to just, like, sit in the movie theater for, like, two hours playing bouncy ball games while we waited <laughs> for the, the movie. And, yeah. So that was, that was true. So no memories Otherwise, of the actual film. Just, no, just waiting that. for the film. Um, the okay. Yes. I mean, I was gonna say my my best New Year's Eve spent watching all of the Return of the King extras on the DVDs. The extras are so good. I think and that, cry, like... crying at the horse documentary. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> the extras for those movies changed the way people like thought about movies, or at least changed the way I thought about movies. I mean, like, all like... I wanted was to move to New Zealand and work for Weta. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like I've never, there was never any other movie where I suddenly knew the name of every single person that made everything I was looking yes. at. You know, like, they even, like, give you the names of the people who were doing payroll. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so, like, shout you out know, to You're those. watching, like, the the scene where, like, they bring out, you know, the battering ram, and you're like, he grand, worked so hard grand, on that! And they just... <laughs> you know, I, uh, shout out to Lord of the Rings, though, because, first of all, I was new. I moved when I was 16 from Detroit to South Carolina. And in my... In my uh, English class, my English teacher said, raise your hand if you read uh, fantasy. And it was me and one other person that raised our hands. And the teacher said, these two people have bigger vocabularies than you. These are the people to beat. <laughs> <laughs> and then because of that, I became friends uh, with my best friend in high school. And all we talked about was Lord of the Rings all the time, every day. And we went to see all the movies. We had a pizza place in town called Frodo's Pizza. <laughs> and it was great. And that's like Lord of the Rings is my high school experience, so I will always love it. My only other anecdote was my twenty first birthday. My friend came over at midnight, and we watched the extended edition of Return of the King so that we could watch the drinking game scene while <laughs> I had my first drink. Aww, <laughs> that's cute. That was your first drink? You didn't drink before you were 21? Nope. And my first drink was a Smirnoff Ice. Wow. Oh, dear. <laughs> Out of a shot glass with a fixie stick chaser, because we are losers. Oh. Between the two of us, we drank one and a half. <laughs> Smirnoff Ices. And it was a lot for me. Amazing. Well, that's it. That's Welcome to the Lord of the Rings podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, perfect. Please write to us with your Lord of the Rings memories. Yeah. One time in the tender year of sixth grade, my apparently, (laughs) sorry, this is the additional two hours section of the podcast. (laughs) Um, One time in sixth grade, um, I was very young and hard of hearing, and that is still true to today. My Russian friend, whose name is Katya, and I doubt she is listening, but if you are, I miss you so much. And she asked if I ever heard of Lord of the Rings. And in my heart of hearing state, I thought the Maid of Lorraine, which is another um, name for Joan of Arc, which was what I was obsessed with at the time and still am. And um, that began my reading of Fellowship of the Ring in one school day in sixth grade. (laughs) Um, Now it's 2002. 
I don't know what how old I am. Twelve, probably. Oh, uh, the Two Towers is coming out. I am dressed as Gandalf with my friends who are also dressed as Gandalf. <laughs> we are holding signs that say we want Gandalf because we have read the books and we know what's going to happen. Everyone else thought Gandalf died. Um, <laughs> Lord of the Rings memories. I went to New Zealand on a Lord of the Rings tour and every we got to act out certain scenes and we got to um, this beautiful field on a farm and our tour guide asks who wants to be Shadowfax and my hand <laughs> darts up quicker than any extrovert's hand and I donned my white horse rubber mask and galloped across the exact same field that Shadowfax galloped up um, and that was probably the best day of my life. Wow. I did enjoy my Hobbiton tour. That was nice. Oh, that was absolutely gorgeous. It was like a tie between that and hiking Edoras, my favorite parts of New Zealand. I didn't get to do the other thing, but I, I, I did get to do Hobbiton, and that was like the best day of our whole trip. So, Aside from our to, insane tour guide. Don't you have to rent a helicopter to get to Edoras? No, we drove up and you can hike the whole way. Um, our only helicopter parts were where they came out of Moria. And um, it's like a really dangerous area <laughs> where there are a lot of like hidden sink pits that are caves. And apparently they found um, the perfectly preserved body of a moa there oh. that is now in the Te Papa Museum in Wellington, New Zealand. Um yeah, that's dangerous. Hikers go missing all the time, but that was our only helicopter. I'm trying to think of what. Place. What's funny about movies is that so that was what was happening to you when you watched Two Towers. When Two Towers came out, I was a senior in high school. We went to Frodo's Pizza. We had all made. <laughs> this was before like there were nerd T-shirts for people, so I oh, had made Lord of the Big Dogs. Right, we had Sorry. made. <laughs> Yeah, we had made t-shirts that said, I survived Helm's Deep. And we, like, that's, that's, and it was like, and it was the day before my birthday. So. Oh. Um, the oldest bar in Boston is the Green Dragon. I've been and... there. Oh, hey, no shit. It's actually not the original. The original burned down, and now there's a new one with, like, claiming all the fame. I and, went to um... Boston in February. And oh no, I'm sorry. Walked, did the walking tour all the places. No way. <laughs> Tried to follow the line, even though it was under snow. Um, the night The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey premiered, we went to the Green Dragon Tavern, and it is the first, last, and only time I have been ever kicked out of a bar in full <laughs> Hobbit costume. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was closing or because you were rowdy? Because I vomited in the men's room. <laughs> Do you know that Joey made me see every Hobbit movie at least five times? And I'm so even sorry. the third one, which doesn't exist? Mm, yeah. The third one does not exist. That's really interesting. He loves them. He loves I them. hate them. I do love the first two. He but... loves, them. loves them. I just, I, I got the extended edition of the first one and I watched a bit of the extras and then I just got really sad and I was like I'm done with these movies but I did see them all in theaters I love the elf shit Eli what are your opinions you watched these with me recently I 
genuinely liked the first one. Um, my memories are all hazy, and my memories tell me that I hate all of them. But it turns out that <laughs> I liked the first one, and I hate the second one. And I couldn't convince Alyssa to watch the third one with me, so I don't know. No, so the never. third one, when the third one came out, I forget how many Dragon Cons uh, that was in, but that was like when like me and Elena were like like into it, and we did. She did um, a Thranduil costume, and I did a <gasps> a party elk costume. Yes, you did. And that we ended up on uh, the One Ring streaming. You did? Yes, at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, (gasps) streaming from the Hyatt Bar. Um, It was us two, and then we had somehow glommed on to a group that was made up of a bar door costume. (laughs) Another party. So people really did dress as buildings? Oh, yes. They were, like, mostly buildings. So, yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> That's amazing. The like only Lord of the Rings cosplay I have done was when I volunteered for the Higgins Armory in Worcester, which is now um not a real museum anymore. But they used to do Middle Earth Day and the only option available to me was Tauriel knockoff because apparently all of the regular characters had been taken and I was a first time volunteer. And um, at this place, you could take, like, sword fighting classes. It was so cool. And, um, yeah, I got to be weird Tauriel knockoff and entertain people in line while they waited to get into the armory. That's cute. I just made a vest that said Mirkwood and lit up in lights. That's not as fun. All right. That's enough. We have nothing. We clearly have nothing else to say. We, we have will... so much to say for a Lord of the Rings podcast. Well, we're sa- I think we're saving. Our- We've said what we want to say about the end, and I think we're saving ourselves for the horror, the the uh, deep emotions of Fool's Fate, which is my favorite of for all when of I, the realms. For when I oh. read it again and actually remember, I think what I can. I think it's my favorite as well. I sometimes I just read it for fun. So, which is is not fun, but it's also (laughs) great. Uh, But yeah, thank you for talking to me about Lord of the Rings, and I will try to edit this down to an hour and a half somehow. (laughs) I hope you include all of it, especially especially all the parts where we talk about food. (laughs) (laughs) Cheeses, all kinds. Cheese, salmon, cereal. It's going to be great. Talk to you in two weeks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Not before. Bye. Bye. Bye.